This is Film Tank. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You know, we sit here like a couple of regular fellas. We're going to make film history. Can you say that again? Just the way you say it. Baby, it's time to lose their head. They won't know what they're looking at, but why they like it, but they'll know they want it. everyone and welcome in to episode 212 of Film Tank. Alex Diekman here along with Nick Cheney, hey. Tucson Egan, hi, and Anna Bodizado. Hello. Hi. Woo. Woo. Thank you for welcoming me back. It's always a great time being here. Of so, course. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I was telling you guys earlier that I was listening to our Jingle All the Way episode from earlier this year and... Um, I was listening to like the first like 25 minutes earlier this morning and Anna mentions like 20 minutes in. She's like, hi, I'm here. You forgot to mention me. And I was like, oh, wow. So, I'm Alec. sorry that I said that. No, 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 no. no. It's totally That's the acceptable. host duties. I was going to say, I, I probably should have, you know, maybe done that so it's okay. it's okay i'm surprised you let you like left that in the episode well if i hadn't then it'd be kind of weird it would have just continued on as if nothing happened that's and true i should have it would have just so. been like some woman's voice and then yeah yes yeah. it would have been myself you and nick talking about Romy malik for 15 minutes and then be like oh by the way anna's on the episode yeah. So, uh, yes, that was a fun episode. It was. Yeah. It's a fun little movie. Yes, it sure Speaking is. Speaking of Christmas films, we are going to talk about one that kind of falls in that category today and falls in the category of some other kind of filmmaking. <laughs> so vague. Yeah. It could be a Christmas film. It could be, uh, I don't know, a found footage horror film we don't know it's, there's a lot there's a lot of mileage in this i don't know guess we'll find out yeah that film is uh a holiday it's not a classic uh it's a holiday <laughs> film called love actually oh it's a classic in the sense that it came and it's here to stay and people are people love s- it. still sharing mm-hmm. gifs of it every day of the week and then talking about it every December. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, classic or staple, take your pick, but it's it's one of those. It's known. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the film is uh, was released in 2003 and was written and directed by Richard Curtis, who's done quite a bit of things, uh, including Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral. He did a bunch of stuff with Mr. Bean, hence why Rowan Atkinson is here. Um, also wrote the screenplay for the Bridget Jones Diary movies. Yeah, so you're naming almost all of his worst things, but technically on television, before Mr. Bean, 
he partnered with Rowan Atkinson and the likes of Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry and a lot of great people for mm-hmm. the show Blackadder, which is one of the funniest pieces of media and also one of the bleakest. And it blows my mind that that guy wrote that and this. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You know, Nick, maybe he just wanted to be happy. I'm just saying. What? <laughs> <laughs> The look on, on, on Nick's face. I don't have a response to that. <laughs> he, was, he was just like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm not uh, touching that. Fair oh, enough. my lord. So in addition to uh, Richard Curtis being the writer and director of this film, this stars Hugh Grant as the Prime Minister. Um, also features Liam Neeson, Laura Linney, Bill Knighty, Colin Firth, Emma Thompson... Martin Freeman, Joanna Page, Chittaway. It went to four. Chuito Ichio Ch- four. Okay. Chittaway? <laughs> Chittaway? Yep. Chittaway. Oh, boy. Chittaway. Chittaway. Oh and Chittaway, yep. Uh, Andrew Lincoln, uh, who most people would know from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Kira Knightley in a very early role for her. Yeah. Phantom Menace. Also, this yeah. was F. Mm, no, this was before Bennett like Beckham. Those are some noises. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, no. Uh, sorry. No, that was great. I was trying to think. Bend and Beckham is Bend it like Beckham. Bend it Beckham. Bend it like Beckham. Bend Beckham. Was Bend it Beckham. That's right. That sounds like Stretch Armstrong. Bend and Beckham. <laughs> what? Nothing. Okay. Also showing up in this film are Billy Bob Thornton, Rodrigo Santoro, Alan Rickman. And a young appearance by Thomas Brody Sangster, who was in the Maze Runner movies that most right. people haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And he's only four years younger than Keira Knightley. Yeah, which is um, oh it's just a creepy visualization it is, in this isn't movie. It? Yeah. It is. Yes, I'm not saying I don't understand how age works, but <laughs> they're both anomalies. She looked very. Much older for her age, and he was looked exceptionally younger for his age. So yeah, it's very much like somebody like Macaulay Culkin being like fourteen or whatever during Home Alone. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's a little kid." It's mm-hmm. like not really though. Yeah. So, so love actually surrounds the lives of eight very different couples that are dealing with their love lives in various loosely interrelated tales, all set in a frantic month before Christmas in London. (sighs) So, giving a little background here, I will say that I've seen this quite a few times, and I actually do enjoy this film, but really, this came up because... Uh, I don't know, like a month and a half or two months ago, I was randomly talking about this film with Nick, and he is not a fan. So, um... Surprise, surprise. Oh, wow. Shaming. I like it. So... It only makes me stronger. (laughs) More than than anything, I was just intrigued um, to get different viewpoints on this, because sometimes it's fun to hear people who have vastly different views on something... But at the same time, are we going to have vastly different views? I think so. We'll oh, okay. S- we'll see. I think I said I think this movie's pretty good, and oh. you do not. So, yep. <laughs> we could just leave it at that. Word. 
Uh, do you want me to go first? Is that where this sure. is going? I, I, oh, yeah. Unless you don't want to. No, no, I mean, fine. I will. Yeah, no, yeah. go for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, it's kind of Are you coming notes. for my brand? No, I'm kidding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, that was a ridiculous. Thing. I have ranked the 10 storylines. I counted 10. Okay. okay. I, I think it's really more like nine because two of them kind of can be lumped together, but. I'll explain why I did that in a minute, or didn't do that. So I'm going to open my opening thoughts with a ranking from worst to best storyline. Um, and I pretty much don't know any of these characters' names, except for a few. So uh, counting down from number 10 to number 1. How many times have you seen this film? Oh, like four or five times. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. okay. Uh, my mother loves this movie. And here we go. Uh, okay, the worst, number 10, is Colin the Sex God. <laughs> number 9, I feel like I'm David Letterman. Uh, <laughs> number 9 is Laura Linney and her brother. Number 8 is Colin Firth. Number 7, no wait, yeah, that's number 8, but then number uh, 7 is Hugh Grant, the Prime Minister. Number 6 is Andrew Lincoln's character. Number here we go. Five and four is what I would call Liam Neeson and the little boy. Okay. Uh, technically, they're kind of a pair, but if Liam Neeson didn't technically get a resolution of the model, which I'll talk about later, then he wouldn't have his own storyline, but he kind of does. Uh, number three is Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. Number two is Bill Nighy and the manager. Number one is the sex body doubles. So out of the... Storylines that I just mentioned, the first two, I'll say the first three are good. The sex body doubles, uh, the, um, I've already forgotten, what was number two? Bill Nighy. <laughs> Bill Nighy mm-hmm. and his platonic love for his manager, and the Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson marriage. Uh, there is good notes in all three of those stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's where the film ultimately fails, though, and it even ruins whatever good grace that some of the storylines have. This movie uh, hates women. There is not a single female character in this movie that has any sort of agency or is not a victim of a man's doing in some kind. Even the ones that are given, quote-unquote, victories are given at the expense of when the man allows it. Um, You know, whether you take uh, Hugh Grant's secretary for so we're meant to think that a happy ending for her is that her boss fired her because he had too big of an erection, but it's completely okay because also she has to apologize for the president of the United States of America hitting on her uh, and having the audacity to do that behind closed doors. Um, but she's not a slut because she would never have sex with the president of the United States of America. Um then we have Laura Lenny, okay? So she's just an uh, unlucky in love, you know, because she's got her career. Um, but we are meant to essentially say that she does not deserve happiness, and we should also kind of resent her brother for having a mental handicap that is somehow taking over her life because the scenes that play out where she could have, like, a quote-unquote normal life with Carl... Um, the way that that's written is really icky. That essentially says that she is being weighed down by her brother, despite the fact that 
she's not taking care of him. I mean, like, it goes to great lengths to pre- to basically point out that he's been put in a home and everything. So I don't know where the dramatic tension Richard Curtis thinks is happening in there. But if anything, it is all completely put upon. And I think she needs to go see a therapist before she could actually be in a relationship with someone. Except we're meant to basically take her ending as a happy ending because she learned that you know what it's okay to devote her entire life to her mentally handicapped brother she doesn't need love as badly as he needs her um which is weird um the colin first storyline is awful because you have two people um first of all she's weirdly sexualized um in her he, Colin first literally quote-unquote falls in love with her because he sees that she has a tramp stamp as the camera lingers on her blue cotton bottoms. And um, I just don't know what to make of that because he's upset with his wife and his brother, right? Because they were cheating, okay. But then he moves over to wherever he goes, I can't even remember, whatever. Um, But then he's basically lusting over a girl who he can't even communicate with, which I guess is a weird way of saying that, like, love... I think Richard Curtis is going for, like, love is a universal language, but it reads more like, you know, consent doesn't have to be given if you can't understand each other. Um, And not to mention, that storyline would maybe, maybe actually take it home and be okay if it wasn't completely ruined by the entire uh, ending of that where all the jokes are fat shaming literally selling off the girl as his bride uh, and so many other really random jokes that are all so concentrated to that cathartic moment or at least what should be Um, Liam Neeson is an unfortunate storyline because it happened and predated the real-life tragedy that Liam Neeson's, uh, the, the real person, actually suffered from. So I don't think that's necessarily a hindrance on the movie, but it's a it's a thing that hangs over the movie and will from now on, and that's just kind of un- weird and unfortunate. Um, but the fact that he's going to use his grieving process to try to help his stepson, who's 10 years old, get laid is uh, not as cute as the movie thinks it is. And um, the, f- <laughs> well, I'll go back to that in one more moment. Um, and hold on, let me just think, uh, did I miss, I'm sure I did, but let me make sure I got here. Um, before I get to that one. Okay, so getting to the t- three that I like, and then I'll pass it off, you know. Uh Bill Nighy, I actually think that that's probably maybe the best fleshed out storyline, not because it has the most nuance or details, but, you know, the thesis, which is said in the half title, it's kind of weird that there's an actual title card with a full phrase, but the title is only the first two words, whatever, of love actually is all around, which... Well, I'll say that for a minute. Hold on. Um, but love actually is all around for the thesis to be that love can come in different forms or whatever. <laughs> Except in Bill Nighy's storyline, it seems like love only comes in one form, and that's at the victimization of women everywhere and at the horny expense of men's dicks. Um, Bill Nighy's storyline is the only one that actually transcends the idea that love can be 
and take different shapes, whether it's platonic or, um, you know, romantic, cons- uh, consensual, you know, whatever, between men, between women, whatever you call it. Like, there is an actual undercurrent of what love can be um, there that's missing from most of the other storylines. The sex body doubles, uh, I actually think, is a cute storyline. There's literally nothing wrong with it. Everything that's happening there has no icky connotations, and they just happen to have this kind of ridiculously crude day job yeah meet cute day job and what's great is that it actually takes the rom-com cliche and puts it on his head because these two people who literally work for a living as intimacy body doubles uh when they go to have their big moment on the staircase they're hesitant and it's like even they kind of have these jitters about using their bodies and inhabiting the same shared romantic space and like that completely works and it's adorable, but unfortunately that's like a two-minute sequence in an entire movie, and so is Bill Nye. Now, Emma Thompson, Thompson and Alan Rickman is actually a good storyline. I give it that, and Emma Thompson does have the best scene in the entire movie, for me at least, which is when she finds the present uh, that's not meant for her, and she puts it all together. The problem is, in the context of the whole, the strongest storyline is also woven into the film's biggest problem which is that women have to suffer in love because she while she handles it like a pro she shouldn't have to um and the idea that she's going to go on and basically be a dutiful wife and a good mother i'm not saying that that doesn't happen in real life obviously it does but we're watching quote-unquote a christmas movie um where love is all around that's not love I mean, I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. she didn't actually give him, I would say, a forgiveness, which she doesn't have to. And if she didn't, then that means they are now stuck in a loveless marriage. Now, I do think in the final scene between them, they're trying to hint at the idea that she's going to come back around. But the span of time, the one month later, doesn't track with anything that would make any realistic sense. So for her to basically... Like, who finds that storyline fulfilling in the midst of this rom-com? I think it's a dramatically, inherently fascinating storyline that has good acting in it. But what is the purpose of that storyline in this larger tapestry, other than Richard Curtis to say, oh, look, you know, not everything's pretty. It's like, okay, yes, but (laughs) why are you making the women suffer and why are you letting the men off so easily that the denouements rings so hollow and especially when you are putting them up against quote-unquote real uh heathrow airports you know uh family gatherings it's like well so we can project whatever we want to onto these people that were filmed and you know they're just normal people actually but you're putting them now side by side by these real i don't think anyone wants to be put side by side by alan rickman the fucking cuckold asshole um person you know who pretty much destroyed his wife's i would say happiness in her marriage like she may be able to repair it herself but everything she says, as far as, like, you're not a fool, you made a fool out of me, like, that's extremely depressing in a way that even I'm uncomfortable with, and I love depressing things, uh, 
in a movie like this because I don't think it actually earns it. I think it does in its acting and in the way it went about it when it comes to conveying a universal truth about sometimes the uh, broken connections that love can go through. But I don't think it did anything with it, and I definitely don't think it stands with these other storylines, even in a mosaic way where you could say, well, this is this version, this is that version. So before I pass it off, I would just say even its its strengths are essentially marred by the fact that none of this is sought through except by a guy with a dick who basically wants that to be known. And it it all comes down to the title. Literally, love actually sounds like the mansplaining version of the definition of love. Well, love actually, it's just fucking insufferable. And none of these characters, none of the male characters deserve happiness. Um, They all deserve to die alone. (laughs) Um, And all these female characters are... it's, I just don't understand why people find this movie to be romantic. Like, that's a big thing. That's why some people like this movie. So I, I would like to hear as to what would actually um, speak to people. And, you know, I can certainly say that I've never, you know, whatever, like maybe I've never experienced true love. And got to tell you, love actually makes me never want to. <laughs> I have... I, I have... I want to, I, just 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 I, so everyone I'll, at I'll, home can I'll, know. Tucson literally has his hand raised right now. I, so yes. I, I want to I, I want to <laughs> to to take the the torch okay. and talk. But I want to ask you because there is one storyline that I think you did not cover. Okay. Yes. Um, and it's the Andrew Lincoln, Andrew Lincoln yeah. and Kira Knightley one. That, that I, one is a weird one because of the fact that I mean, once again, it's um. They never talk to each other. It's, they don't. It's, it's this. That one is on the cusp of almost being the man suffers, but he doesn't. Because technically speaking, he's put in this impossible situation and he is rewarded for actually doing the wrong thing. And it is through his own inner strength because a woman finally gave the woman, I should say, finally gave him what he wanted, which is, you know, I think technically, I think he was just lusting after her, to be honest. Um, so after she does that, which is a weird thing to reward someone for while your new husband is uh, sitting right there in the living room. Um, it's only after that then he is able to pull himself. Why is he able to move on from her and Laura Linney isn't able to set up uh, personal boundaries between her private life and taking care of her brother. Why does only he have the strength after getting his cute little kiss from 17-year-old Kira Knightley? Um, what is so magical about it after he is telling her... <laughs> and also, what is romantic in a man showing up your door and saying, shh... Just tell him it's carolers. <laughs> yeah, so... Don't talk. Here's the thing. Don't talk. Here's the thing about that. So the... Just tell him it's Carolers thing is creepy enough, but him having a stereo to then play Carolers after that, like he put a lot of thought into that. He yeah. sure did. Yeah. In a not in a cute way, but in a kind of sociopath, sociopathic kind of That's way. That's pretty much the MO for all the characters yeah. in this movie. Yeah. So I will take the torch. Thank you, Nick. Those were very <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, continue. But because I just have to mention Yes. And also remember that this movie wants you so badly on its side that it name drops 9/11 <laughs> in 
in its opening plea for love. Sorry, continue. That's a very that Nick, is actually Nick, that is a very good point. Nick actually. went through all that and he didn't even go into detail about Colin. So that's no, uh, I you know we'll we'll circle back to that. Uh, thank you, that. thank you, Nick. Those were very strong. Emphatic opening arguments. You're uh, a moderator for a debate. Uh, Thank you, Nick. I feel like I am. Strong um, remarks. So, <laughs> I this is my first time having ever watched Love Actually. Mm-hmm. I did not know anything about Love Actually mm-hmm. uh, before that. All I knew is that it was a rom com. Rom com's not my you know, it's it's not my genre of choice. Uh, but you know, I'm open to one. Once in a while, uh, this rom com. Uh, utter- this was a rom drum. Th- this this <laughs> utterly shattered me. I am so flabbergasted. I am dumbfounded by this film. I am. I cannot believe that this film was made. Um, really? Yeah. I I, I like it, it's it's. I feel like I am. I just don't exist. On the same wavelength as this film, it comes from some alternate dimension where this shit is okay, and I'm trying to just like negotiate that. Um, I, 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 hey, can I, can I ask a series? How um, how many films from this era have you watched recently? From this era, from oh, 2003, yeah. from like early 2000s, late 90s. Not in a while. Okay. Not in a while. But maybe I need to like go and back and I'm, like rewatch it because not, like I'm not saying that yeah. they are all like this. Yeah. Uh, in any way, but it was definitely a different time. But, I get that. But um, which is so weird because that's only 16 years ago. Yeah. Th- th- things have changed. That's like yeah. one Kira Knightley in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, okay. Not even one um, full time. The, the, really sure. quickly, it's not a rom com, but a year and a half or so ago, I forced Nick to watch the movie "Can't Hardly Wait," which is from the late '90s. Yeah, that's a teen movie, though. Yeah. It is, and there are tropes in teen movie that are easier to palate when grown adults are than when sure. grown adults are doing it. Yeah. This... Even so, still a lot of the same. Uh, Issues exist in that film and in a lot of films from this era. I think. Yeah. So, I uh, so yeah, I haven't well, I haven't watched a lot of films from the early aughts in a while, and if I were to go back, like they would probably not be from my palette. A lot of these, like not not like the the really really good films. I'm talking about you know more like the general mainstream stuff that just like comes out on a yeah. Uh, th- I I. I I spent the majority the I spent the majority of this film trying to with your hand down your pants nail down <laughs> what it was that I felt from any given scene from any given character and the through line through all of them was either discomfort or frustration uh some sometimes outright fear because like it felt like there's got to be a heel twist. There's got to be a heel twist. This guy is a not. Yeah, you kept thinking the, that like almost every yeah. plot line was going to end like way worse than it did. Oh yeah, like it, it just it just didn't add up to me. It just the it, it just didn't add up. Like which would guy, actually definitely have benefited the film if that was the case. Yeah, I was just like this guy is going to sell out his flat so that he can take a take a trip to America because. British girls don't like to have a laugh, so he's going to go to Wisconsin. 
Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, he's gonna go to he's gonna go to Wisconsin, and he's gonna go to any random bar, and he's gonna shack up with uh, whatever cute girls happen to be in that bar. And I'm just like, he should have definitely lost like a couple of organs. Like that that doesn't that doesn't add up in any. But it, it but it adds up here, and I and I'm just bewildered and kind of like aghast at that. Um, and he's able to bring them back like a souvenir. That's oh man, I don't mm, I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, and also too showing this film's age. The big reveal is that Shannon Elizabeth is the friend that he's and Denise Richards. Yeah, and Denise Richards. Yeah, it just it just doesn't. It feels like the rom com equivalent of Crash. And that I feel like there's all these different like, and, and Crash came out a year after this. I remember that, but that feels like the most apt way to describe it. And that there's all these different plot lines that are all meant to converge at some point, and they all crash into one another. Hey, but they're all kind of horrible, and I don't like it. It makes me feel awful thinking about it, and. uh Oh, I, I, it feels emotionally manipulative and weird and I don't, and it just, yeah, kind of creeps me out to be honest. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be watching this film again anytime soon, but, uh, yeah, those, those are my opening thoughts and we'll, 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 we'll still navigate this. So I want to pass this off to somebody. You want to, you want to go? I'll take the the talking stick. That sounds Um, great. Yeah. Thank we you. should literally get a talking stick because Ooh. I mentioned the baton quite often on here, and we should have one. Sure. It would be a good way to discourage talking over other people. It really would. That really would. You know what? Like, I agree. Like summer camp. Aww. You ever seen Sleepaway Camp? No, but I would like to because okay. I've heard it mentioned on this very podcast. It's a great it's a movie. Great, it's a great movie. I got to give it a shot. Yeah. On Baldies. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, this was also my first viewing of Love Actually like Toussaint. Um, I knew it was a rom-com and I've seen this in gif form many a time. I think the most famous one to me is when Andrew Lincoln holds up that sign that says to me, you are perfect. I mean, that is still relevant. Unfortunately, Boris Johnson just did a parody of that. Yeah, I saw that like a week ago and it's SNL did it with Hillary would have won. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's that, certainly i think helps like solidify this movie as being iconic um mm-hmm. so this movie attacked me as a woman because too many times it made me go ah even though i know there were so many problems with it uh very much like Tucson and nick have already pointed out um some issues that i had in particular were i think large age differences are very gross and we see that often in here but i feel like richard curtis when he writes and directs his justification is always like but it's in the name of love and you can just see that behind like most decisions that he makes um i am surprised he did also direct Four Weddings and a Funeral because I think that is supremely better than this, although that also has its own set of problems. But with this film, I did like it, and yet there was so much for me to just not like. Mm -hmm. Like, there were... How do I even put this into words? I just... 
I, on the surface, the Colin Firth storyline is cute, but at the same time, all the setup was not very cute for that. Not cute at all. Um, I'm just so conflicted with this because I think rom-coms can be done so well. And yet the fact that this is a classic is just like, but look at all of the things that are wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. So I am, I just could, I couldn't believe the things that were in this film that just made me so uncomfortable, including all of the fat shaming, which mm, in mm-hmm. England, apparently the definition is you just have a round symmetrical face. That's what I gathered. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like re- a repeat viewing won't really be necessary. This film is wild and, yeah. um, and some things are good and some things are not. I feel like most things are just not good, unfortunately. Yeah. So those are my opening thoughts. <laughs> what do you think, Alex? Take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> so <coughs> I still kind of like this movie. Um, I will say that uh, as when myself and Nick talked about this a month and a half ago, very aware of all of the issues that are surrounded in this film. Um and I don't necessarily think that me liking this film means that I don't care about. Yeah, it doesn't the mean problems. you're co-signing any of that. Alex doesn't care about black people. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so that's fine. Oh my god. Uh, and and I, I guess that is not necessarily me trying to explain my case. Right. But it's. I just kind of wanted to make sure I was making it clear yeah. that I'm not trying to argue for this film because I don't think that women should be thought of uh, not as objects or should not be fat shamed or should not be um, used as solely plot devices to After move forward. in their own story. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I do think that this film... Uh, is very much a product of that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of things in this film are present in films in that era as well. Uh, and I, I'm not going to necessarily say that every filmmaker was doing that because that's definitely not the case. Um, but in terms of acceptance in pop culture, uh, I think that era allowed for especially in the mainstream, allowed for a lot of these same themes to be present in terms of the main storyline that goes through. Um, And that does not make them right, and that does not mean that it's a good film because of that. Um, But I think something that's that's really um, kind of, you know, kind of difficult to jive with for me is that every time I watch this film... I still think this film it has a lot of very funny moments, and I think it has a lot of enjoyable moments. And I think that um, I find it interesting when things happen between a lot of these characters and the way that their storylines weave throughout. Um, everything that happens really with uh, um, Ellen Rickman's character, uh, just watching that progress is very just um, peculiar 
to to watch his thought provoking thing happen because he's this white man who thinks that you know he's doing good by buying her this cd because he'll remember that and he will show her the story when in fact he really has no clue what is happening in his marriage uh and everything that's going on with his with his partner um and it's just um that is one example and then you have the rest of the film as it plays out uh and again i'm thinking that a lot of things that are happening in this film are humorous. And I thought that when I watched it for the first time, like nine years ago, so still here, still thinking it's funny. And I will, I will say that, um, like the way that it, that it's structured, like Mm -hmm. it plays a sort of these beats of like humor. Mm -hmm. So I can totally see like somebody like, Sort of, like, just tuning in and just, like, receiving that and finding it to be funny. But, like, for me, it was just kind of – it was a little off. There were, there were some things that were just off. And like, I don't if – you, if, you, if you stare at it for too long, which I don't think that, like – I'm not saying that, that you can't take a, a, a rom-com seriously and that you can't interrogate those sort of themes and, like, like splay them out. But I'm just saying that a lot of people don't. And I think that a lot of like otherwise mediocre rom coms skate on that. This isn't really a rom com. I keep on saying that, but I know, I'm not saying you. Right, like, right. I feel like we're all saying it, but in general, there. This is a movie. I think, quote unquote, about love, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's. Uh, I think it's a kind of like how I joked earlier. It's a rom drama where it's more about the dramatic, you know, as the kid says, agony of being in love and how that's just awful. Um, which is funny because he has re- uh, orange hair, so he knows a thing or two about being in agony. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I wanted to say um, I thought Thomas Brody Sangster was the most uh, delightful part of this movie. There is nothing wrong with his performance. I will give credit to him as a child actor mm-hmm. and knowing how to be precocious. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm stopping there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, going back to a lot of my thoughts on um, early films that I previously have quite enjoyed um, and now, as time has gone on, have conflicted feelings about, uh, and this is definitely one of them because, again... I sit down, I watch this, I still think a lot of these characters are interesting. I still think this film is quite funny. I think almost every scene that happens in this film, not every scene, but a lot of scenes that happen throughout this film have things in them that are very well done in terms of their humor. Um, I like the idea of the kids' play having all of these really sort of random animals be characters during the nativity and the fact that they have to sit with him and Emma Thompson runs to her child and says, Oh, my little lobster. I don't know. Just found that was adorable. Mm -hmm. And, um, watch a lot of films that I loved when I was younger. And I feel like years later you watch them and you're like, this is not the same thing that I remember. Um, I watched Home Alone for the first time in a while, like about a year and a half ago or two years ago. Yeah, and oh boy, that film has not aged well at all. (laughs) Um, You know, the idea that there's this little psychopath running around just um, 
ter- terrorizing these neighborhood uh, people who are just wanting to steal some ornaments um, is, is a little weird. But then you have the entire storyline that's happening in this very, you know, uh, troubled young white man from a million dollar neighborhood neighborhood. And it's just a whole whole thing. Um, and yet when that movie came out in the early 90s, it was people thought it was absolutely hysterical. Um, any film that's really filled with humor from the mid to late 90s, early 2000s, if I go back and watch now, I don't want to say it's painful, but at the same time, it is just uncomfortable. I mean, I watched the first American Pie probably like for like 45 minutes a while ago, and oh my goodness, it is just not something that you would see in this day and age, and so, yeah, yeah, I... I guess I am conflicted on that because, again, as I mentioned, I very much agree with a lot of what everybody else around this table is saying. I'm not a female, so I, I don't really feel like I have the same feelings as you do, Anna, when it when it comes to that, even though I can sense them. And hearing everything that Nick and Toussaint outlined is obviously Nick is very much prepared for this. Oh, yeah. And he was he was ready, and I'm just sitting here like I think this is fun. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to say whether you watch a film years after that you remember you used to really like, and it's not the same. Does that mean that you shouldn't? You should cease to like it anymore. And no. I I don't necessarily know what the answer is to that. More of just like. Like negotiating what it, yeah. like what, like where, where does this film sit for you right now? Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Would, yeah. I, I do agree with Tucson. Right. Like, I don't think you should stop liking it if you didn't. But yeah. here, but here's the thing though. And I'm, I'm not going to stop liking it because I still did think oh, this, yeah. this right. was yeah. good. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. But I feel like a lot of my emotions surrounding this film are because when I watched this for the first time 10 years ago and, um, my wife who was my girlfriend at the time said she loves this movie and we should watch this and i remember watching it and enjoying a lot of the silly i thought storylines that are going on and now i have that emotion that's always going to be in my brain Mm -hmm. and and watching this and critically thinking about everything that is transpiring throughout this film Mm -hmm. and uh yes when it is broken down story by story as nicholas has wonderfully done for us uh, it's you. not a good, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. I mean, and some of the things I thought that at the time were really stupid. Like I've always thought that Colin and his, I'm going to go to Wisconsin and find girls that like English. Ha ha ha. I was like, I don't think that is how that works, but, but that's all right. But, um, I actually think Hugh Grant's storyline is pretty good, aside from some of the silliness that happens with him being prime minister and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Hugh Grant sells it very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll admit with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I had put... So, <laughs> I so while we were watching this, I mm-hmm. was ranking the storyline, and I had put Hugh Grant's at number four, and almost as one of the storylines I liked, until I got to the scene that I had forgotten about, which is the fact that he fired her. Yeah. Um, I had remembered in my head that maybe she quit, and then he had to go fight for her. But the fact that he was like, oh, yeah, can we redistribute her? 
And then she doesn't have anything to say about that whatsoever. I'm not saying she would have known, but still, once again, women are not uh, allowed to be privy to a man's decision. So um, I want... That totally reminds me of something. So I hope nothing (laughs) hits close to home. There was an episode of Say Yes to the Dress. Oh. (laughs) Do you have Anna's mic? (laughs) you know what you know what though i will say i think that if we were ever going to have an episode where we talk about say yes to the dress yeah this this is is the right one yeah (laughs) so what's going on at uh in the world of say yes to the dress um uh, this needs to be addressed to, to um those not familiar every episode of say yes to the dress uh it's the process of a woman looking for her wedding dress, but then there's also clips of like how she met her fiance. Oh. One woman, I swear, I don't know why I remember this. She got a job at like a real estate company, and then um, she was like, "Oh, my boss fired me so he could date me, and now we're engaged." <laughs> and it just reminded me of, of what mm-hmm. you just said. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's so romantic. It's, uh, isn't that so bizarre? And you then, know, when I watch <sighs> Say Yes to the Dress, all I can think is, you know, um, love actually <laughs> is all around. And then it's just uh, so... When the Twin Towers were hit. <laughs> Jesus. Like, that's literally, that's not far off from what is actually said. I don't know if it's, like, the... because it's a British thing, like, because it didn't happen to them, therefore... They just thought that that was extremely cavalier and casual to say, <laughs> and it was cool, whatever. And, and that the U.S. and U.K. are allies, so they're like, hey, yeah. this would be a totally nonchalant and normal thing to mention. Yeah. But they were right, because technically this was a huge hit, so it's not like they misread the room. People <laughs> wanted to be reminded of 9-11 five weeks before Christmas. <laughs> anyway. And the... I know this is your least favorite, but the storyline of Colin has a mixture of, in in terms of like plotline setup, it has uh, a mixture of self awareness because Colin has this friend that's like, "You're an idiot. Why are you doing this? This is yeah. the dumbest thing in the world." Um, and then also, don't listen to him. Not super uncommon for women to still be like, "I just like British guys because of their accent." Yeah, I would actually say that while I put it as my least favorite, it's mostly just because I think it's just there and it gives me nothing. Whether it's like, exactly. I don't laugh at it, I don't whatever. But it is far from actually being offensive compared to actual storylines that are taking place. It is just so it's, ridiculous. It's, yeah. But I but even watching that, having a, an American friend who married a British man, I'm just like, oh, well, I mean, I guess maybe that's not too far from real. <sighs> Why... People in Wisconsin, normal, not normal, why I would say your average citizen are dressing up as prostitutes, I don't know. Um, it's funny to what. Much. When I first Curtis saw this movie, I thought that's what that scene was coded as. Like, that he was like, didn't realize that these women were oh, only interested. Okay. Mm. That and would, I, and no, I that thought actually, that's. That actually would make sense. Right. That would, that would, and know. then, like, even if he paid for it, like, that, like without sex shaming, like, that would have been actually good because it's like, you know what? He deserves a break. They got money. Like, you know, like this is all consensual and this is not that baffling. But no, it's just that, you know, anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is a little weird that that one, the first girl that he meets at the bar is wearing like super a parka? nothing with a parka on the outside. And it's weird that she's got the hood up. And then when she takes the hood yeah. off, yeah. it's like a reveal, but it's a reveal yeah. of nothing. I honestly <laughs> felt like when like they show her at first, uh, like it's Georgie just, she just got away from Pennywise. Hiya, <laughs> <you>, Georgie. <laughs> that would have been a better storyline for this. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the the British guy who went to Wisconsin? Colin. 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 Like, Colin. Sex god. Like, yeah. Sex god. Sure. There's American girls down here. It's like, oh my god. You'll fuck too. <laughs> yeah. That, that 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 is that is definitely weird because in addition to this, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. In addition Did to we... this. Uh, uh, in- interesting notion that American girls love British guys and he can go anywhere. Uh, and he just picks somewhere on the map. Also, uh, at the same time, we need to shame all women from the United Kingdom as they're all stuck up. Mm-hmm. And they won't sleep with him. Mm-hmm. The self-awareness so. is that the problem was just him. So, But why does it? why is he, if he is the problem, why was that not a problem in America? Yeah. Mm. See. So the self-awareness falls flat, too because he's actually validated in everything he believes. Yeah, that's the trouble with that, isn't it? Yep, Mm. yep, that's a man. It is a man. Man. (laughs) Well, that's why he got everything he wanted. Oh, man. (laughs) I, I, I have a headache. (laughs) <laughs> I can't. There's no. What is okay? What um. Uh, also, the little kid in the limo or whatever when they're driving to the yeah. school dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The and, yeah, and yeah. he and he's like, "We're here." When he gets up, that's how Tucson exits a car too. <laughs> or or a movie when it's over and the credits. Two other people. And the credits just start. Yeah. Tucson is a bolter. Yeah, I'm a bolter. <laughs> I, I am a bolter. I am a bolter. If I am, if I'm just not a fan of a film, I just bolt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if you are, yeah, no, that's you, not true. No, you definitely, you oh, definitely, you do this like stand up and then look back <laughs> and then look forward and then you're out. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, I mean, you wait for us. It's not like you go to your car, mm-hmm. but you get out of the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And occasionally, he, you will say something like, "You guys ready?" Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Or in the case of the last viewing. So, I loved that. You should keep doing it. Uh, What was that from? Midsummer. Oh. Yeah. 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 Mm Mm-hmm. That was the the movie of our Christmas season today because we did a gift exchange and Mm -hmm. everybody got a copy. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) That's fun. Uh, That was a good film. It was a great movie. Different, uh, Different look on women in that one. Than this one. Yeah. I don't got the brain space to unpack that right now. (laughs) Richard. Okay. I was reading in. (laughs) Richard. In IMDb trivia. Richard Dawson. For. um, Loved women. (laughs) For for love, actually. Sorry. um, Richard Curtis apparently got cheated on at one point in his life. And so. It makes sense because he does not like women. Exactly. (laughs) 
And apparently what was classified under a director trademark, which is bizarre, is that there's always a character in his movies named after the guy his girlfriend left him for. And then also Ari Aster wrote Midsummer after he got cheated on too. Or, no, it was the after no, the end the of a relationship. Yeah, yeah it was okay. Breakup, break up, yeah, okay. That is, My uh, mistake. Huh. Terrifyingly. The Richard bad? Curtis thing, though. Yeah, I definitely think. I don't like that. Professionals like should psychoanalyze that. Shouldn't they? No, yeah. They yeah, should. They should. Um, that's not healthy. But it explains love, actually. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. some degree, maybe it explains four weddings. On a much smaller scale. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oi, 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 oi. Oi. You to final readings? <laughs> Tucson's always trying to get out. Uh, no, I just, I just, I just <laughs> don't know what else to say about this film. Uh, I didn't like how Bill Nye was acting in this film. I just didn't like his character. Didn't, oh, you didn't like his, yeah. his acting or his character? Probably just both. Yeah. I thought he was super annoying. Yeah. That's fair. Also, I thought um, Andrew Lincoln just wasn't that good. But he didn't really do a whole lot also. Well, he's not Maybe... very good at videography. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Maybe him with... Out the beard and the southern accent, it just like blo- yeah, he's too blah as he, just a normal. He definitely person. has a. He definitely looks like Patrick Dempsey in Enchanted in this movie. <laughs> he's just this, or he kind of looks like that uh, that guy that um, Alicia Silverstone is obsessed with in Clueless. Paul Rudd? No, no, no. the other guy. No, no, the, the guy a- that she's actually in love with. Yeah. Yes, the one she falls off the bed when they're about to have sex. That sounds right. Yes. Not, not literally. Yes. Right. Now, yeah. he, this guy yeah. just is, you know, very clean shaven, yeah. very white. And he's like Ryan Philippe in this. <laughs> he's better than Ryan Philippe. Come on. <laughs> no, what? he Ryan is. Ryan Philippe is not a good actor. Cruel Intentions. That was okay. McGruber. <laughs> Everyone was good in Cruel Intentions. That's not exactly fair. True. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Final ratings. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm going to kick this off. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Um, boy, it's like, how do you assign a grade to something like cancer? It's just, <laughs> um, I would give this a half star out of five. Uh, it is not good. It is not funny. Not cute. It is not romantic. It is not very nice. And frankly, the other thing too is that it, it I think it failed as a Christmas movie too, because it's happening all around, but like where are the Christmas lights? Like, I know they're, but like, use them in your actual light. You know what I mean? Like, use this mise en scene to your advantage. Film in this winter wonderland. Don't give us uh, Attack of the Clone style weird backdrops when you're sitting on a bridge and it's a fake, you know, whatever background. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Also, it's a Christmas movie that skips over Christmas. Yeah. Literally, it's five weeks till Christmas, four weeks till Christmas, three, two, and it's 24 hours till Christmas, one month later. 
Like, no. Yeah. Don't bullshit me like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, half star out of five for this guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not far off from Nick. I also do not think this is a very nice film. It's not a very romantic film, nor is it uh, particularly comedic. Well, I guess it's comedic and sort of like a a dark, in, insensitive, like, tone death sort of way. That's just where I'm coming from. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to give this a one out of five. Also, like, you, you, you just reminded me of something that also kind of, like, weirded me out about this film. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, like, the sort of design nerd. Topography nerd, I the 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 font for the 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 sort of title cards were like every it's aggressive. Single, it's aggressive. It, it's aggressive, and it looks like something out of a horror film. Yeah. It yes, looks like because they're always red, like ble- literally yeah. bleeding, yeah. white bleeding into red. Yeah, and yes. it, and it just it, it looks like something out of Saw, and mm-hmm. I guess that sort of also primed me for like okay, so there's got there maybe there's a heel twist here. I don't, I don't know. Like it's it seems kind of odd for there to be sort of like a a. a horror slasher romantic comedy Christmas film to be a cult classic, but I don't know anything about this film. Let's just, and you know what? Like Nick has, has pulled the rug underneath my feet so many times in the past. This some was of the, not my with, doing. With some of the films that we've watched, like, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to follow this journey wherever it goes. Let's, let's see. You, we did watch that one Christmas film. Uh, you better watch out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, great movie yeah it's a great movie so that kind of like uncomfortable movie yeah but it's it's also a good good surprising horror film that's set in christmas so sure uh, is yeah uh yeah i'm gonna give this a one out of five all right well i think my rating here is a two and a half out of five um The things that I did not like, unfortunately, overtook the things that I did like. Um, Things that I did like, like I mentioned before, I thought Thomas Birdie Sangster was adorable and delightful. Um, Certainly not an annoying child actor, which, I mean, I think it's hard-pressed to find films that feature children and they're not just grinding at your gears. Um, I thought the little moments of humor were cute, Um, but as previously discussed, certain things just like really did unfortunately not age well. And there are tons of other films from this era and even before that didn't run into these problems. Um, so unfortunately that is my two and a half stars, but I am happy that I finally saw this movie because I understand it's been very well known for quite some time. So I'm glad I yeah. added it to my list of viewings. So I'm, two and I'm, a half. I I am glad to have watched it, if only to have watched it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> All the eyes turned to me. That's great. Before you start, yeah. can I say one thing? Sure. One thing I forgot to say in my closing comments, and because I'm reminded of it because mm-hmm. of recently... In my opinion, a better version of this is Nancy Myers' The Holiday, which also takes disparate story strands and ruminates around Christmas time uh, in which people who are unlucky in love 
All of them, however, find inner strength within to solve their own problems and actually better themselves instead of either not being able to do that because they're a woman or uh, being able to do that because they're doing it at the expense of women. Anyway. I co-sign that movie. is very good. I've still only seen it once, but... Mm. It's not, like, a great movie by any means, <laughs> but, like, where this movie thinks it's at is what I would consider that to be as far as, like, palatable cheese. Hmm. So. so I give this film a three out of five. I previously have rated this higher than that, even. Um, but, uh, as mentioned, I feel like it's impossible to ignore... Uh, a lot of what is going on here um, and making me question Reality. some of that too. Uh, and also question uh, some of my you know thoughts on this beforehand when I previously have watched this and, and, you know, was I, you know, was I misogynistic? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's who can tell. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, man? Okay. You know, you laugh at that, but kind of... Kinda... Well, to be fair, all men inherently are. Mm. I mean, in the society we live in, mm. we are all on a spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, you're good. It... You're a good person. Am I? You're a good man. <laughs> Charlie Brown. I'm being genuine. Okay. <laughs> also, don't let your wife listen to this episode. <laughs> Not because I think you should have power over your wife in any... Respect. Oh, we don't want to. But we don't... I want her to still like me. Yeah. Oh. And if and if she <laughs> likes this film, then like, by golly, I want her to like this movie. I want anyone to like any movie that they want to like. <laughs> but your wife is actually a wonderful person, oh, and man. I don't want her to never talk to me again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think you'd be good either way. <laughs> but um, yes. So, anyways, I. I do question some of what I was what I was thinking when I was really enjoying, but as I mentioned previously, um, you know, I feel like I was watching this in a bit of a different headspace when I've watched this previously in terms of wanting to wanting to like it and wanting to enjoy it and wanting to laugh along with this film, and yeah. um, maybe in a lot of cases that wasn't wasn't right. Uh, but at the same time, I think there are a lot of parts of this film that I still do find humorous, even with all of the problems that I would definitely say are evident here, uh, in terms of the way this film treats women, the way this film treats anyone who weighs more than like 90 pounds. Um, oh, Lord. and also too, uh, just the way this film portrays people is that, that they, this is how people are and this is what you would assume that they would be also black people are second class characters in this movie yes yeah which is unfortunate yes how dare uh should we tell edgio for be treated that way yeah what did he do nothing what did what did nothing. what did, what did uh uh the colin the sex gods friend do like Get was he, with he the Denise same Richards. guy, or were I, we just being racist? No, I'm pretty sure it's the same person. They're not the same person. guy, yeah. They're no, no, no. Chiwetel. No. Chiwetel. I'm talking the Collins friend and the guy who worked on the movie set. Yeah, I'm... You're pretty sure. I, oh, it is them, yeah. because in the airport it kind of confirms, because he yeah, talks to both, I yeah, think, yeah, 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 Colin yeah, yeah. and... which is the It's old, him. I mean, it yeah. looks like the exact same... He has the same wardrobe, pretty much. Yeah, so. that's true. All right, yeah. never mind. So... 
Uh, still going to stick with three out of five for this because I, I do think there are parts of this that are quite enjoyable. And I do think, as Nick was saying, Emma Thompson's performance in that storyline is actually pretty good. I do still like Hugh Grant's storyline. And I do actually kind of like Colin Firth's storyline, even if the him deciding that he likes her because of the tramp stamp thing is pretty gross. Um, but the idea of him attempting to learn her language and speak to her and learn how to wanting to be more like her instead of wanting her to be more like him um, is pretty excellent. So that but part it's revealed that she was doing the same thing. Okay. I feel like that's kind of an undercut. Like if he had just made the effort and she was just kind of like, Oh wow, that's so thoughtful. But she has to be as in love with him and doing the same amount of effort. Otherwise, I feel like it's this weird dynamic of... Like, a guy shouldn't have to put in more effort than the girl. Mm. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, um... So we have a lot of... We have a lot of ratings all across the spectrum. Well... Yeah, uh, three out of five for yeah. me, oh. and and I, I and I will I will say just on that front, um, I actually think it's okay that they both want to learn each other's language. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy! So I'm sure some of our listeners have viewpoints on this film, and I'd love to to hear them, and I think we'd all love to hear them. Actually, <laughs> that was a. That was, you know what, um, uh, I wasn't expecting that, and uh, yeah, that was good. Okay, that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah, it's very generous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it, it hit me out of nowhere. I'm just like, you know what, uh, I'll, just yeah, like, I'll allow it. That's that's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So on our next episode, oh, if anybody does have any thoughts on it, as I mentioned, always send them to send them. Whew. Send, send them. Send them. Oh my. Send them to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find our episodes if you'd like to listen to any other episode that we have on filmtankshow.com. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, a lot of other places where podcasts can be found this day and age, which is quite a lot of places. Oh, yeah. Coming up on episode 213... Uh, myself, Nick, and Toussaint are going to spend a little time talking about the new Star Wars film, Rise of Skywalker. And um, we'll see. We'll see. We've done the first two episodes in the trilogy. Uh, our first year, uh, the end of the year, was we an episode on Force Awakens, and we did The Last Jedi. Yeah. And um, we'll bring a close to the trilogy and talk about it coming up on our next episode. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting heart palpitations just thinking about it. <sighs> uh, Tune in next week. <laughs> I was going to say, there is still a chance that at some point, and he's come around a little bit actually, but there's a chance that Nick can become a Star Wars fan at some point. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, you know, no, you know what? 
we we would have said that a couple of years ago about mm-hmm. Marvel and comic books mm-hmm. and video Marvel games. Marvel haven't come. And what all, do you mean? And video games? I've played video games since I was yeah, like but, five. but but the thing is, is like they weren't like I don't talk about video games. Exactly. I don't really care about video games. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but but there is you're, you're far more involved with them now than you were before. I will pull on threads as I see fit, um, but I. The thing is, I just doubt Star Wars has anything left to offer that it hasn't already offered. Awesome. And it seems like... The, the other thing is, Star Wars has a clear trajectory. You take something like comics, that's 90 years worth of stuff. Yeah. Whether it's old issues, or it's current storylines, or it's adaptations, or... You know what I mean? Like, in my opinion, half the battle for that kind of stuff is just finding your entry point, mm-hmm. not finding the right one, but the one that works for you. Right. And for me, it was watching the DC straight-to-DVD animated Batman movies, which were these nice kind of concise uh, ad- adaptations of beloved stories and yeah. storylines, which then got me to go back and read them, and then they're on, therefore, expand you know, how I interact with that. Star Wars doesn't have that much in its canon. No. I mean, I know it's got things like books and whatnot. But a lot of that has been wiped out since... Uh, since. And I watched the Star Wars movies when I was a child, so it's not like I didn't grow up. It's Batman I didn't grow up with. Um, I had a friend who I was had... Thi- I was also thinking of Godzilla, but you also just picked that up here recently. So. True. That's the thing I never grew up with. So yeah. I feel like there's always a way for me to get back or to get into something... Uh, if I never truly gave it a shot, but I feel like I've given Star Wars, and I don't hate it, mm-hmm. uh, but all that I have to give to it. But I do love Godzilla now. <laughs> Godzilla is great. Except for the Matthew Broderick film. Yeah, I didn't finish that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is too bad, because I rented it. Oh, okay. So I paid go. money for it, and I didn't even get to log in on Letterboxd, because I'm a completist. Yeah. Someday you'll probably watch it. Probably. I'll yeah. probably buy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I roll. Uh, Anna, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for welcoming me back. Oh. It was a grand old time, as it always is. Thanks, oh, yeah. Anna. You're welcome. <sighs> we always really enjoy having you here, so thank you very much for joining us. And from myself, Anna, Tucson, and Nick, thank you very much to everyone out there for listening to this episode. Catch up with you next time here on Film Tank. I feel it in my fingers.